Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Firstly, a quick note for those of you who might be new to the podcast, and thank you very much for joining in. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports tips, ratings and education which enables you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. If you're on social media, you can keep track of the podcast by following us at Winning Edge Bets on Twitter, and you can also search for us on Facebook and Instagram. I also hope you'll go to your favourite podcast provider and push the subscribe button to ensure you can keep up to date with the latest episodes. You can also look back through our podcast archives and listen back through our fascinating discussions with a wide range of people involved in the industry. Now on to today's episode. Popular Queensland jockey Ryan Maloney has enjoyed the highs and lows of riding, battling mental health issues to recently score his maiden Group 1 victory aboard Alligator Blood. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. How are you? Good, mate. So? Very well, mate. A lot's changed over the last couple of weeks with the coronavirus. It's crazy times for us all. Um, fortunately, racing's leading the way. But what, what's changed for you? What's changed for the jockeys? And um, what's changed for the industry? Oh, well, basically, we've been put into zones now. So um, uh, we're allocated to three racetracks. Um Coastal Wombo and Ipswich, and yeah, obviously we're allocated to those three tracks, and that's a, uh, we're racing I think two or three times a week now, and yeah, it's um it's a bit uh, surreal to be honest. Um, a month ago if they said this would be, well, even two months ago that they said this would be happening, it would be um you probably would have laughed, but yeah, it's uh here now and we've just got to deal with it the best we can. How disruptive has it been for you, for your routine and have you needed to change many things yet or? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely been um, oh, irritating, disappointing because, uh, you know, I could have ridden a couple of horses at Doombin last week, a couple of today that have gone out, gone out and won and limits you a lot. Um, to take the positives out, you, you haven't got nowhere near as much travelling but, um yeah, there's uh, probably not a lot of positive to take out of it because winners are what you want to be doing and um, when you can't do that, yeah, it's, like I said, pretty irritating. So you're allocated on the Metro Southwest, so Gold Coast, Ipswich, Toowoomba for you. Um, so that means the revamped Winter Carnival is not as lucrative for you anymore, is it? No, so I'm um, contemplating um, changing zones, but I'd, I'd probably be leading my hand towards changing zone because... Um, the amount of races, black type races they've given us is a basic, basically a joke. So um, uh, I think it, it'd be um, very profitable and to get good opportunities if I did um, change zone leading into that carnival. I guess it's um, the positive is that racing is one of the only sports which is continuing. So, I mean, do you still feel, feel safe out there? Yeah, I, you've got your sceptics, um, yeah, one side of the fence saying that, it's not as bad as, as it seems, and the other side saying it is. But I don't think they would have gone to these measures if it wasn't um, certainly a risk to the communities. But, um, I, I, yeah, to be honest, I um, you probably look at someone a bit different if they're a bit – they sound a bit crook <laughs> and coughing and sneezing. But, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't um, fold it at all. I think they've put in the, me- the measures in place. So, um, yeah, we'll just go around hopefully until uh, they pull the pin. Is there a real sense amongst the jockeys that they're all taking it seriously and 
banding together to do everything they can to to keep the sport going? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, obviously, uh, where we are, like you said, we're the only sport going, so um, there's plenty of people out of out of jobs and out of pocket. So um, yeah, we basically got we you got to take it seriously. Otherwise, if you don't, um, and the people people are in the higher powers um, find out about it, they um, probably won't hesitate to shut it down. Uh, well, let's talk about one of the more positive things in your career. Um, Alligator Blood, the horse that deli- delivered your first Group 1, uh, must have been real validation for your move to Queensland to, to get aboard him and to get that Group 1. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, there was a bit of um, uh, drama around um, the Magic Millions, the swab coming back, but um, uh, I was extremely positive that um, the uh, guineas and the CSAs were, were, would, would have come back clear, which uh, they have. So um, if I had to choose between the two, I certainly would have chosen Group 1 because um, they're very hard to very hard to win and uh, it's a very good uh, highlight on your CV. Talk us through that Magic Millions win, though. Um, a big payday for the owners, um, very stressful for you and everyone involved um, with the difficulties getting to the track. What was it like as, a, as the jockey sort of sitting back and... Were you up to date with what was happening, or? Uh, to, yeah, a few, few of the jockeys come up to me and said that the horse is uh, not going to be; he's going to be scratched, and and then uh, I didn't take it seriously. And then I seen the um, the chopper footage uh, with the traffic built up on the highway, and I just went, "Oh, this." The day I was having, I thought this would be right. And um, when they put the races back, I um, I, I there's not there's not much I could have done. They and they. They assured me that he was going to get there, so um, I just went and had a quick kip and then refreshed, and then uh, we went from there. Did you get much sleep in that little kip? <laughs> no, nah, it, it was pretty rowdy in there, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. tried to switch off for a bit. And, and so you got on the horse after Jeff Lloyd riding me in his first two wins. Um, did you know he was good when you first sat on him? Oh, look, to, not to me. No, nah, to be honest, I thought he'd be he'd make a nice sort of Saturday Saturday horse. Um, I thought his first up trial was he'd certainly need it going into his first start since I, uh, from that, for that preparation. Um, uh, he was very burly and woolly in the coat. Um, his trial was good, good enough to suggest that he'd run well, but certainly not win the way he'd done. Um, yeah, and he just, he's kept, kept, him, kept on improving and, um, yeah, um, David's done a terrific job with him and, um, it's credit to the horse as well. He's just got that tenacious, tenacious effort to in the will to win, and which probably separates him from a lot of the other horses. And the Corford Guineas, where he got knocked off by Super Seth somehow, um, how tough was that to take? Yeah, it was a very, very tough pill to swallow. Um, certainly when you at the furlong, I was on a high, and then just on the post, um, I felt I felt I got done. I've never gone from. Such a high moment to such a low moment, um, but it is what it is, and um, yeah, he um, certainly turned the tables in the autumn. And so, it must have been um, really special to get that Australian Guineas win, especially after he had his knockers in the CSAs as well. Absolutely, I think um, I don't think people take out, uh, take some people don't take out how good a performance he was, considering. Um, the CSAs, the Ding Dong Battle he had with Catalyst, and what that could have taken, what that um, you know would have taken out of him, because um, and then to come and 
give that performance in the um, Australian Guineas I, was just remarkable. So, um, yeah, certainly he certainly gave me the highlight to my career and um, I hope it can continue. And the All-Star Mile must have been a little bit surreal with the impacts of coronavirus kicking in as well. Yeah, it was like a midweeker at Sandown, the, um, the uh, atmosphere. Um, but he, he, um, he just he had it. He, he raced even in the barriers. He was very fidgety and in the race he was very aggressive and he just never relaxed at any stage. And when he got to the eventual leader, the thing at Godolphins, he just as soon as he got it to it, he, he was just spent. And um, yeah, I, I liked he's been up. He, he'd been up for a long time. He never had a proper spell, but um, he's. Well, by reports, he's doing really well in the paddock at the moment. So um, yeah, hopefully he can. Uh, come back in better, bigger and better in the uh, spring. And the earmarking him for the Golden Eagle and perhaps the Everest, um, what do you think of those goals? What do you think his best distance will be? Uh, they're very lucrative. I think at the moment I'd say his, oh, his best distance is um, probably 14. It, it could be a totally different horse when he comes back this spring. So um, I think his pet distance was probably the 14, but um, the way he was in the guineas – it's just um, it's 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 hard to say to be honest. Um, but I'd, my opinion is probably the fourteen hundred is easy pet distance. But uh, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll soon find out coming in the spring. And we mentioned that um, getting aboard him was um, big for your career up here. Um, you've got the plum job as the Edmund Stable rider. Was it was it a big risk moving up here? And did you know you'd had that you had that job? When you decided to move up to Queensland, yeah, um, uh, when I was riding a lot for Aquanita, when and when that went belly up, um, Toby threw me a lifeline. So um, no, I was once my partner was on, my wife was on board. Um, it was a pretty easy decision. Um, I mean, we could always come back. So um, I walked into like a, a, I had a walk up start basically. Um, he had plenty of horses and plenty of informed horses and great owners that uh, were willing to support me. So, um, yeah, it was a great start. I think my first ride for Toby was a winner, and then it just snowballed from there. Obviously enjoying your time in Queensland, a bit warmer. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's, um, it's a great lifestyle, uh, good racing, uh, good people, so it makes life a lot easier. And there's some other guys who are sort of following your lead. Um, I see Andrew Mallion's having some success after moving up here as well. Yeah, no, he had a, he got a, a good offer from Chris Lees. He um, didn't have a stable rider, so um, so tough in Victoria. Um, it wouldn't certainly wouldn't uh, hurt to take a chance. And so you took over from Jeff Lloyd. Did you have much time to work with Jeff? Um, learn a few tricks for up here and how to ride the tracks and things like that, or? Yeah, no, he's um, always willing to help. He's um, I, I've, he still rides work for Toby, so I still talk to him a fair bit. Um, he's always uh, willing to help and um, give you advice. Um, I've actually I get along really good with him. I quite like Jeff. Um, no, he was. He, I mean, he went out uh, on a high. He, um, yeah, he's done a remarkable job in his career. Um, he's a very good rider in his own right, and. Um, yeah, I was very fortunate to um, take over the range from him. And when you moved to Queensland, you went back to Melbourne with uh, Hoots and, and had some horrible luck. Ran into Nature Strip in the McEwen, then no luck in the Moya and the Manicata. Was that pretty tough? Oh, it's tough to swallow, yes. It, it, um, especially in the uh, Manicata when I got that split and then the O'Shea Murphy rolled back in on top of me and 
and flatten me. Um, I don't know whether she would have won, but she certainly would have made it interesting. But um, yeah, it's in the past, and uh, um, no point looking back. Yeah. Um, so there's been a couple of well, that's one of the lows of, of of your career, and you've been open about your past and how you've battled some mental health issues before. Um, talk us through how that all came to a head and sort of led to you moving to Queensland. Basically, came to a head when I got a positive swab. Um, uh, I remember the day at Caulfield. Um, I just went up and I put my hand up. Um, I said, "Listen, um, the media was there, so I told them that it was um, a diuretic." Uh, I knew I knew it would be stood down straight away, and then uh, yeah, once it all came out, I told them what was really going on. Um, took got a lengthy suspension of four months, and took the time off to um, not only get my head right, but get a lot of perspective out of it. And um, it was probably the best thing that ever happened. It happened to me, to be honest. Um, um, yeah, I know myself a lot better now with my triggers and uh, the anxiety side of it. Um, Actually, meeting David, who's um, gone through a lot, a lot of the same sort of uh, demons that um, that I've faced, and uh, yeah, it's always good to have a uh, lending ear. Because it's a pretty tough game, isn't it, racing? And I know a lot of jockeys get um, affected by mental health and the the rigors of getting up early and riding work every day. And um, what's your advice for those out there who who are having some issues? Oh, just don't um, don't bottle it. Um, is it, I know it's um, a cliche saying, but find someone. I mean, I I seen a few people, and I just felt uh, psychiatrist people that they just never could get to give me any answers. They just were basically saying that I was telling what was going on, and then they could never give me any answers, and it was, that was extremely frustrating. And I just had, basically had to deal with it myself. Um, and then uh, my uh, I started drinking. And I thought uh, that was <clears throat> an easy way to deal with it, um, to numb myself. But then the drinking sort of um, snowballed and got worse. And, yeah, the, the anxiety was um, always there. But it was probably more so not from riding. It was just um, what I dealt with as um, when I was a kid. And I always found riding was a good escape, especially when I was in a routine, um, things would – um, be a lot smoother for me, and uh, when I wasn't in return in suspension or something like that, and um, yeah, things would just get all right out of whack, and I couldn't it'd take me forever to get it sort of back in line. Which I think it did show in my riding. Sometimes I was sometimes very um, consistent, and other times just yeah, sort of all over the shop. But um, when I had that time off, um, other things to do, and I knew that riding. It um, wasn't everything and um, gave me a lot better perspective on uh, everything else. So, yeah, I came back a lot better person for it. So, so what makes you tick now outside of racing? What do you do to switch off from the pressures of it? Oh, to be honest, I still still come home, watch the races, watch replays. It's just something I love doing. So yeah. I'd probably, I never really switch off completely. I think a lot of other people are the same, but... But I get more, a lot more family time now too, obviously with Queensland and the, this um, COVID, and it gives you a lot more time to spend with family, do other things that you wouldn't normally get to do in Victoria. So obviously being a jockey is something you love doing and you love the industry. So where did you learn to ride? What what got you into racing? Um, actually, I learned from where I was um, born in Colac. 
as a town about an hour from Geelong um, in the Western Districts. And I was just playing uh, local footy, and the coach owned a few horses and kept telling me to go be a jockey because I was, I was obviously tiny. And I didn't really listen to him. A good mate of mine that I grew up with, um, his old man had trotters and a local trainer was uh, Lee Boxes there at the time and he went up and asked, his name was Mel Carson and yeah, just, he taught me to ride, started from there and uh, yeah, never looked back, loved it straight away. And when you sort of came, started coming through the ranks, um, did you have a, a mentor or a person you looked up to in those early days? Yeah, I used to drive a fair few of them, man, like Brett Preble. He was a really good mentor. Uh, even Danny Nicklick, I know he's um, probably not the most liked person in racing, but he was very willing and he's um, always happy to help the kids. And uh, Paddy Payne, Stephen Arnold, I just used to, and Stephen King, I used to drive a matter and ask them to watch replays with me because obviously they were the best in the t- um, at the time and um, they were always willing to help um, give you advice. And yeah, I sort of moulded myself on mainly Brett Preble because I just l- I loved his riding and he's. Um, he was very uh, aggressive, aggressive rider, which um, I liked at the time. Uh, you mentioned Danny Nicolick, potentially a controversial question here. What do you think of him not being able to ride in Queensland? Well, I think it's a lot more political than um, he um, certainly hasn't paid himself in good light, but um, he's never been uh, anything but good to me. So obviously, done the wrong thing, but um, I think everybody deserves a second chance, for that's for sure. Yeah, from, from what I saw, I thought there was quite a lot of support for him to to get his losses. Yeah, obviously. The, he's a, I mean, take away he's, um, the mud on his – he's got stuck to him. He's one of the best riders in the, in the land, no, without any doubt. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it's just unfortunate the way it's come about. Would have been a good draw card for, for Queensland Racing as well, um, having some of, of his profile up here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It'd be good to follow on a race, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so what, what's your riding weight, and do you have to do a lot of fitness and – that kind of thing to keep on top of it, or? Yeah, obviously at the moment because the, there's no nothing open. So um, I usually ride around 55, 56. Um, I do a fair bit of cardio, which is main, the main uh, bit of boxing and riding my bike mainly at the moment. That's all I can do. Um, so what, what's your favourite track up here in Queensland? What's your favourite track around Australia? I love big spacious tracks, but mainly um, up here, Eagle Farm, Doomba's good. Um, sunny Coast is one of the best, I think. But uh, you can't go past Flemington. And Caulfield, I've always had a lot of luck too. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, the bigger the better, I think. I know you've only got three tracks to ride at these days, but what's your, your least favourite track? Probably Toowoomba. Who's the best rider you've seen in your career and who's the best rider in Queensland? Oh, Jesus, so many of them. But I just remember following Darren Beeman in a race in, at Rose Hill one day, and I was, I was just uh, just amazed how he um, read the play. He's just, um, yeah, I'd probably have to say him, to be honest, but there's so many good riders that I've ridden against and followed in a race. You just uh, you can see why they're so good. And uh, the best rider, well, Jeff probably was the best rider in Queensland, but... Um, Quite a few. Brad Stewart's Brad Stewart's really a really good good rider. He's good to follow in a race. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Byrne, he's stood the test of time and he's um, accomplished a lot. Uh, I'd probably have to say them too. Yeah. Yep. And, and so, what's your goals for the rest of the season? Um, it's a little bit different now with the different zones and that kind of thing. But 
did you set goals for the season? I know you're sitting about third at the moment in the Premiership. Yeah, at the start it was um, give the the Premiership a good good shape, but once uh, alligator um, blood come into play, um, and I thought this was me, probably my best chance um, of getting in the Group One. I'd um, yeah, I changed changed my sights and put a lot of time going into Melbourne. I stayed pretty much every week. Um, in Melbourne while he was down there and rode him work. So that group one was probably my main uh, ambition um, once uh, once he went to down to Melbourne. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that's just um, enormous that I got to tick that goal off because I know a lot of people want it and a lot of good riders um, aren't, aren't able to say that they've won a group one. So just to be in that category and know that I've done it, um, huge thrill. Is Alligator Blood the best horse you've been on? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I did ride Nature Strip. I know he's um, he, he he's a totally different horse to um, Alligator Blood. He's he's very one dimensional, but he's very explo- he's very explosive on speed. And Alligator just seems to he can do anything on him, and he's just got an amazing turn of foot. And I'd love to see him in a race together one day because I'd. Uh, it soon proved me uh, theory to see if we, I'm better judge, but I mean they're two different horses, so it's very it's very hard to split them apart because um, obviously I had a fair bit to do with him in his early part of his career. I always knew he's going to be a Group One horse. Um, he's had his knockers, but um, he just didn't help himself in the early days. But um, he's he's got a bit of maturity on his side now, and, he, and you see what he done in the TJ Smith the other day. What are the chances they'll meet in the Everest next year? Well, this uh, Pretty sure Tab pulled out, so I'm not too sure to be honest. Um, very hard to get a slot, obviously, with um, uh, the slot holders having the ra- pulling all the reins. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, what distance would Alligator Blood need to to beat Nature Strip? Do you think? Oh, it'd be it's hard to say to be honest. Um, I know he can sprint really good fresh, so uh, yeah. It, it, I remember someone saying it, it, to to run a good 1200, you have to be you have to be able to run 1400 at um, Ramwick. So, I mean, I know he ran 1200 strong the other day, but um, if we uh, if the pressure gets poured on him like it did in last the other year's Everest, um, you never know. Could it, it sets a chance up for somebody off the speed to to um, win it. And you must have a lot of – you get to sit on a lot of good stock um, riding for David Van Dyke and the Edmonds. What's um, one or two horses who you think are untapped and sort of under the radar at the moment who can, who can go on a bit bigger and better things? Uh, there's a horse called Roman Republic of David's. It's um, Unfortunately, it's gone tipped out. It's done a slight ten- – yeah, something special the way he won um, his first start. He's very ex- extremely raw, but he's just done it on pure ability, so – I thought uh, he was certainly going to be a force to be played with in the, um, obviously in this carnival coming up, but uh, yeah, that that won't won't be. Uh, Toby's got a fair few two-year-olds shaping up to be something special, but um, I'll, I'll probably have to say Roman Republic. So keep your eye on him when he comes back. Yep. Lovely. Um, one last question, mate. You get called Pug. Where did that come from? My version is either the Pug Mahone. Pug Mahone's a bit a pub. Yeah, it was a pub in Melbourne. Nice to go to that a fair bit. But uh, Vinnie Hall actually kept calling me Pug, Pug, because uh, he thought I had a headlight one. So. 
I think we're we can run with your version if we like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, thanks a lot for your time and um, all the best for the rest of the year and hopefully we get some normality back. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, mate. No worries, Brad. Take it easy, mate.